This is Radically Alive Women's Edgecast. It's actually listening, I believe, to the business or the life or both and letting life or the business lead. It's really honoring the spirit that is the business, which has its own personality and energy. Hello, Kristen, and welcome to Radically Alive Women. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Not just happy to be here, but happy to be here with you. I love how this happened in a way that we're here now together. And, and I would love to hear maybe first about who are you? You're a business and life coach, You're also an author. You create a podcast about business coaching. Would you say something mm -hmm. about yourself and what matters to you in the work that you bring to the world? I really love deep listening when it comes to my work in the world, both listening in terms of what my clients are asking for in terms of what I create, but also when I am working with my coaching clients, really listening deeply to what they are both saying and not saying. There is often something underneath what is being said that calls my attention. And my job when I'm coaching people is really to address that because it's what's not being said that wants to be expressed. If they knew what they needed, they would do it. <laughs> And so When people are contacting me, they're wanting help in some way, either in their business or their life, and they may not even know exactly what they need. They just know that their life or their business or both aren't working. And so what I'm doing initially is hearing about them and their challenge, but I'm also closely watching their mannerisms what they're speaking, how they're speaking it, their voice, the inflection, the question mark that might come up at the end of something they're trying to say confidently that is making me aware that perhaps they're not as confident as they may wish that they were. So I really am looking for and feeling out what is most true for them in their business and their life. When I'm working with people on my podcast, that's a symbol of how I work with people privately. It's a reflection. And so they will often throw down their challenge. And there it is in front of both of us. And we're walking around it, metaphorically around this ball of yarn <laughs> that is their challenge. And then one of us may pick up a thread and slowly unravel it. And through that process, there's the experience of clarity that emerges. And that is so life-giving. I can often see them let something go in their face through the process of the unraveling through the exploration of this challenge and how they might work with that challenge in order to gain inner and outer freedom. 
there's like a lightness that happens, sometimes even a glow halfway or three quarters of the way through the coaching sessions. Really powerful to witness. So that's a little bit about what I do and how I do it. I saw also that you're yeah. offering practical steps, but you're doing this intuitive and listening in, and weaving between, yeah, between what? You. Yeah, I would say, you know, the right and the left brain. So we've got this left brain that if we're business owners, we're probably pretty adept at listening to that left brain. It's the logical, practical, step-by-step part of our brain. We also have the right brain, but sometimes business owners aren't as adept at listening to that. It's the creative, it's the deep listening and willingness to go in perhaps a new direction simply because their business is calling for that direction. It's actually listening, I believe, to the business or the life or both and letting life or the business lead. It's really honoring the spirit that is the business, which has its own personality and energy shape and form. Like if we are willing to have a conversation with our business, sometimes we can get in touch with that. It's quite something. Not a lot of people talk about that, but it's there. And it would love to converse. I just had chills, like full body chills. Our businesses want a relationship with us. It's like I have a dog and my dog is a sentient being who is trying to communicate with me. And if I can listen to that, instead of pulling her around by the leash, pulling her neck, like a lot of times business owners are pulling their businesses by the neck. Come this way. Come that way. This is where I want you to go. But they're not really taking into consideration where the business may want to go. And if we can get into true partnership, with the energy of our business, then I believe the sky's the limit, truly. And so how do we do that? So one way that I've done that is through active imagination, which is a practice that these Swiss psychoanalysts, Jung, did with patients that had a really hard time moving through things. It was a practice that he developed in his own life before he started working with his patients. And what he discovered is if he could find that there was a problem that he was not able to use his mind or even his energy to move through, like his intuition or his practical mind, what he began to do is began to communicate and bring it into his mind's eye. He would get quiet and still and close his eyes and call the problem or the challenge in. And seeing what shows up, what's the symbol that emerges that is a reflection of that problem? For instance, I was working with a woman and she has created this type of massage where she brings in her New Zealand traditions to Australia to really do deep, deep work with her massage therapy patients. And she's taught this modality as well all over the world. 
And she was struggling with so many ideas coming in, creative ideas. It felt like too much for her, but she didn't want to stop the tap of these ideas coming in. So I invited her to call in creativity and what that might look like for her through an active imagination exercise. What she saw was initially an ogre who was slumped over and exhausted. And then through our work together, the ogre turned into a creature like where the wild things are, if you're familiar with that book. Very playful, creative, imaginative. And so what was initially this exhausted ogre became this where the wild things are creature that was just delightful. And she was able to have a conversation with that creature who then gave her guidance about what to do in terms of all this creative energy that was coming and how she is not the same person that she was years ago when she initially had all her creative ideas coming at her. She was in more of a depressed, anxious state a dark phase in her life, whereas now there was so much light in her life. She was capable of actually harnessing this or moving with this energy in new ways. And she felt, we both felt during the sessions, it's almost like soda bubbles <laughs> popping up or mineral bubbles, you know, mineral water, like, ooh. This aliveness, whereas before she had been feeling it and feeling overwhelmed, she had been the slumped ogre. But now she was realizing, wow, it is possible actually to be this where the wild things are creature. And that being possible for her. And this creature gave her lots of ideas on what to do with these creative ventures that were coming through her and reminding her she didn't have to do them all all at once wasn't necessary. It seems to me also something innately human and maybe innately feminine to have so many ideas, to have so many impulses, so much creative flow mm. coming through and to learn how to harness that is such a valuable thing to learn. Women yeah. who can give birth, so... That creativity is a birthing process, whether we're giving birth to kids or ideas or creativity, new ventures, we have that ability. And even ovulation, not every egg gets fertilized. Oh um, yes, that's beautiful. So there, yeah, right. and, not every, and not every pregnancy goes all the way through. So mm -hmm. to, to be also connected to death in a way of death of ideas, not every creative impulse yeah. has to come fully to life and that right. takes away of the pressure maybe also. Right. I love that you said that. And there's also something to learn perhaps from each creative idea. The idea itself could be a learning. It doesn't necessarily need to come to fruition but it might want to and need to. And, you know, it's when we can begin to communicate perhaps with those ideas to have a relationship with them. We have that ability to really communicate with whatever is around us or within us. 
Have you always been connected to that? Ever since I was a little girl, I felt connected to realms outside of this earth plane. I didn't see angels, but I felt them around. I felt that animals were capable of communicating with us if we can only listen. I felt a deep connection to animals. When I was in my mid-20s, I began working with a Jungian therapist, and it was transformative for me because he did active imagination with me, and I'd never done that before. And he was astounded at how quickly I could go into that space. And he was an amazing guide for me. And I don't do it very much in my life myself. It's much easier if I have somebody guiding me. And I was reluctant to do that with some coaching clients, but excited too at the possibility. And there was one coaching client a few years ago. She was like a compulsive workaholic. She could not stop working which I have found many business owners have that. It may not happen right away, but there's so many plates that they're juggling that it's almost like it becomes this compulsive habit to work, 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 work a lot. Most of their days and even some of their evenings. So I was hearing this from her And I said, would you be willing to do something really unusual, which is something called active imagination, where we call in the spirit of workaholism and compulsive overworking? And she said, yes, I am exhausted. And so she was able to go into this place very quickly. And it was such a joy to work with her. And she was able to really talk to that part of herself that would not let her rest. As a lot of compulsive behaviors are, it had come from her childhood. It was from a sense of wanting to be perfect so that her parents would notice her, pay attention to her. It came from a place of feeling like if she could work harder, create more, do more, be more, that she would be worthy of living. So as we unpacked this and kind of unfurled this and communicated with this part of her, what was there was, I matter, period. I am worthy, period. Not because of. I am enough. I do enough. I am worthy. From my experience, it's the root of many women not showing up fully with their impulses, yeah. with what's radically alive in them because of that underlying belief they're not worthy, they're not good enough. Yeah. Interesting that you found how that relates to perfectionism and workaholism. Well, she actually discovered that being willing to open up to this new realm of active imagination, which she had never done before. She was courageous and honest, and it was so vulnerable for her. And each person's workaholism may reveal something different or may be the same. 
But those who resonate with that, that may be a thread or even the whole doorway to working with that part. It's like a part of us that if we're not paying attention can consume us. In a feminine way, you're weaving together what comes through you with what you've learned probably about also owning a business, running a business. When you describe inviting the spirit of their business, is mm -hmm. as soon as you do that, the prime motive for what you do is not profit. Right. No longer, right? So it's shifting from, this is all about profit, how do I make more money, to yeah. like shifting the focus. And is part of my pain when I hear business even is that profit is actually in the, in the term itself, yeah. is profit is in the middle and hierarchy right. and I have to do it alone because I'm the boss, I'm the responsible person. I have to know it for the other. What is your vision for that to yeah, become more feminine? Yeah, so I never wanted to be a business owner because when I thought about business, I thought, ooh, it's all about money and going after things. And it just seemed boring to me too, like black or white. Didn't invite color in my world when I thought about business. And then what happened in my early 20s is I became a business owner kind of by accident. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I ended up creating a pet care company, which I had for 18 years. And I provided pet sitters and dog walkers to go in clients' homes and take care of their pets. And I had never been a boss. You know, I'd always had bosses, never been a boss. And, you know, initially was really in kind of that archetype of the boss, you know, which is power, domineering. That was who I thought I needed to be in order to be a boss. And what I discovered is that it's actually hard to keep good staff members from that energy dynamic. And it wasn't who I wanted to be in the world, much less in running a business. And what I realized about business is that it can be very creative. It can be fun. It can help generate creative ideas. It can help me meet amazing people as I am right now. Business for me became a portal to another world that I could create that world in any way that I wanted. So if I wanted it to be about profit, I could do that. But that wasn't what I wanted. Yes, I did want to make money. And I wasn't a nonprofit. I didn't want to have a nonprofit. And profit is required if that's your sole livelihood. So how can I create profit in a way that both serves me and serves the people I'm working with? And instead of having profit be at the center, can service be at the center? regardless of if it's a service-based company or not. If the question is, how can I show up and help people and have that be what leads us and even drives us? Because helping people is really life-giving. And it's not to be confused with being a doormat. It's important to set boundaries within that helping people. So to have contracts in place that protect our businesses and our time and our energy. And basically within that protection to be able to be of service because we know that we're protecting our time and energy. We can still be of service within that. And so, for example, with my podcast, I realized 
I imagined that it could be something that helps me market my business because people get to experience who I am through it. But marketing wasn't what I wanted the primary intention of the podcast to be. I wanted it to be a deep dive into business as a portal into other realms. So creating better lives for the people that I'm working with through creating a better business. And for them to not only have a better life and a better business, but for them to have clients as a result of being coached on my podcast, for them to be able to show, not tell who they are. And a lot of people get on my podcast and they're feeling very vulnerable and afraid. And yet a lot of those podcast coaching clients have gone on to get many clients or product sales as a result of being on because of their vulnerability. There is inherent trust that happens with that vulnerability. People want to work with people they trust. And so the vulnerability then can be a vehicle to connecting with our ideal clients. You're creating non-material value and an abundance. And then you're empowering your clients to get clients and the clients of your clients will be empowered to whatever. You know, it's, it's like by us all creating more and being abundant and generous with each other, something entirely different from profit becomes possible. So I'm really curious about even a bigger picture then for clients to have a better life. Seems in a way still like yeah. microscopic. We're actually uh -huh. bigger than that. We're bigger than having a good life. What is it then right. about? Yeah, well, I think in my work with people, it's really looking at what limiting beliefs are keeping them stuck. How can they then get unstuck from those limiting beliefs and then have freedom? to feel unchained by those limiting beliefs. And through that freedom, then help perhaps others just through modeling that in the world, like going from stuck to unstuck. People notice that. That's a transformative experience. And the very definition of transformation is going from one way of being to another. It's like the caterpillar to the butterfly. It doesn't happen overnight, but sometimes those shifting of limiting beliefs can happen very quickly just through awareness. And so though the butterfly takes time, sometimes as humans, being conscious thinking humans who are willing to tap into that deep awareness of what's possible and getting clear about, oh my gosh, look at where I've been. Like we can create our own prison, but we can also create a door opening simply by realizing that there's a door, opening it and being willing to go through it. That is where we're starting to create a different world, actually, when a shape changes. You have the capacity to show up differently in the world. And with that, you can create the world that your heart desires. Like that's what I would like to see is really these mm. even more radical shifts, especially when women start to show up fully in their feminine wisdom. That's yeah. where another world gets born through them, through their changed shape, through their consciousness. It can be contagious too. How we are showing up in the world can have an effect 
effect as much as a virus can have an effect. Ways of being are contagious. And so what I'm feeling and witnessing with you is this higher state of being. This what is possible? The question and the deliciousness of how we can rise beyond what we've been before, what our parents modeled for us, what that may require is going beyond our parents, which may involve us moving through guilt, and also to go into that uncomfortable place initially of what's it like to go from being tied to the earth, being like chained to old limiting beliefs, and then to be free, that can be very uncomfortable. And so to be willing to be in that discomfort of those higher states of being, and what may be required is to look at what am I surrounding myself with? Food, what I'm giving to my body, what I'm doing for my mind, body, and spirit. Who am I surrounding myself with? Might I need to adjust that? Something that has been very, very powerful for me as I go from ever-evolving states of being is doing breath work on a regular, ongoing basis. Like that has been one of the primary ways for me to really move through the blockages. That's something that has been just so profound for me. And also in terms of being able to really tap into rage and anger and to feel those emotions, you know, how are they perhaps keeping me stuck or how can I ride the wave of them to go to the great beyond, right? In terms of (laughs) consciousness. And I know that that's some of your work that you do. And I love that. What you say, I love that about the wave. It's like this force of nature using that energy for the creation. Thank you so much, Kristen, for talking about all these things. Thank you, Julia. If you are enjoying this Edgecast and want to support it, there are various ways in which you can do that. You could share with as many people as possible the episodes that are coming out once a week. You can donate to the building of Radically Alive Women's Heartquarters, Raw HQ, at the southern end of Lake Topol, a compact recording and creation studio. You can become a member and with your monthly subscription not only gain access to specific content but also support the creation of the free content. And you can join live spaces to really transform your own reality, to make space for your own radical aliveness with higher levels of consciousness. You can find all the information for these offers on my website, julia-neumann.com. Hear and see you soon.